Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey guys, our guest today has a little bit of everything for everyone. He's one of the Arab world's most prominent photojournalists. He's well known for his photographs taken in Syria and Iraq. He's taken portraits of world leaders, including Bashar al-Assad and Queen Elizabeth, which have been published in some of the world's most widely circulated publications, including Time Magazine, Paris Match, and Le Monde. And in case I don't have your attention yet, he also just wrapped up an exhibit in Beirut featuring topless women. Oh, and by the way, he was just knighted. Amar Abed Rabo, welcome to the men's room. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, so we met actually a couple of weeks ago at your exhibit in Beirut called I Am Matricule, which is basically a topless model uh, set on a backdrop of ravaged, a war-ravaged um, buildings and outdoor bombed-out areas. And the one that caught my eye, which was shared to me with me by a friend, was one where she was wearing a military helmet, smoking a cigar, which honestly is kind of hard to ignore. And I'm sure, was it well-received? It was well-received because, um, I mean, we're in an area where war is part of life. It's in everyone's life. It's not just in history books. Everybody has a memory related to war. So when they see uh, a woman with a helmet as if she was a warrior or something like that, they're not, it's not something shocking. It's, uh, it's also part of a memory or something they know. But what about the fact that um, they're topless? They're not just topless. Sometimes fully totally naked. naked. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So, I know. Uh, I just remembered. You have somewhere they're standing, and you see like their whole body from behind. Exactly. Yeah. So, so they're nudes essentially. They're nudes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's not something you see every day in the Middle East. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I believe this should not be an issue. This should not be. I mean, someone should talk about the aesthetics, or if he likes or doesn't like. But the nudity itself should not be an issue. Uh, we are in an area where it is an issue. The, 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 the body and the women's body is an issue. People talk about it all the time. Forbidden to do this, forbidden to show that. Um, I'm actually shocked that they let you, you know, hold the exhibit. Did you face it, any backlash? I did. I had, before making it, yes, I did. Some what people, did they say? Uh, some people think it's too harsh, uh, it's too tough, it's too difficult to show. Uh, are you crazy? Uh, well, why would you show something like this? And then Some people were not that shocked with the nudity. They would say it's fine. But they were shocked with the fact that we put on the naked model a license plate. And the license plate very often is also a national symbol. It's like a flag. So they were like, oh, my God, are you going really to put an Iran flag on, uh, on, 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 the, on the nude model? This is terrible. This You shouldn't do it. Why? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised. And yeah, because you um, tell, explain that picture. There, there's one picture. Describe that picture with the Iran uh, plate. It's uh, so the model is is there in a devastated environment. It's which uh, uh, what's the environment? The environment. Uh, this photo is a building that is in Beirut, uh, and it's it's something that comes probably from the war, but it's also not maintained. It's There are just some abandoned. pictures. Yeah, yeah, it's abandoned. Many many places are like that. And first of all, I thought it's photogenic to have her inside. She seems like dancing or enjoying herself. Naked. Uh, naked and very free. Uh, I love this freedom. 
And then I decided to put this uh, Iranian uh, plate, uh, license plate on, on it. It's yellow. Uh, so the contrast with the black and white picture is uh, is interesting. Is it like a political statement? Did you see that? Well, to be honest, because there are so many different plates, it's not something that, of course, it's a political statement to begin with. I mean, I want you to explain the whole superimposition to begin with of having a nude woman in front of a dilapidated uh, setting. But because there are different plates, including um, one from Canada one from um, Texas. Mm-hmm. So those don't feel as political. Obviously, the of Iran course. one has more of a clear... There is one from Germany, from Monaco, uh, uh, from Switzerland, etc. So, yes, some people would see something very political. As you said, the whole exhibition is political because we address, I address political issues. When we talk about the body, it's political. When we talk about nudity, it is political. And when we talk about this collapsing world around us, it's definitely political. Pollution, not maintaining old houses, values that are falling apart, all this is political, yes. So that's kind of what you're trying to represent with this destruction of physical buildings. It's kind of representing of kind of what's happening in the world. Exactly. Yeah. We are in a world where many things around us are falling apart. We feel powerless. We're watching all this. We're trying to do things. We try to call people, demonstrate maybe, vote in a way or another. But some things are still falling apart. The pollution or the environment are issues where we don't seem to manage to to, to, to control things. And yes, so she is she is us. She is someone who is uh, walking or dancing or having a coffee or uh, a book in this environment that is totally uh, collapsing. And she doesn't know exactly what to do, so she's having a good time. Just living her life. Living her life, reading a book, uh, having a cigar, because this is what we all do. We try to stick to things we love. We try to stick to few little things that where we can control. And we watch all this a mess around us and we don't know what to do. And then we enjoy a cigar or a book and we wait. And what does, why, why is she topless or, uh, or naked? Naked because she's, um, she had to be uh, fragile, first of all. So without any shield, let's say, the only shield she would have would be the helmet or the, 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 the hat on another picture. Uh, so the fragility of the body uh, and the beauty of the body, because it's, it's, it's beautiful. Anybody is beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, so I wanted her to, to have this. Uh, and also because some people get confused with the nationalities, uh, they don't know if it's the same model or different models, etc., Uh, so if I was adding on her accessories or uh, a dress or a T-shirt or anything, then it would be another headache, like which T-shirt, which uh, shirt, uh, how would she be dressed, how would she, uh, something more traditional or something more Western. Mm. Or So I don't want to go into all this. So you literally stripped away all the the nonsense. Yes, I went to the most important. It actually reminded me a little bit of... Uh, I was thinking about the exhibit of, you know, uh, paintings in the Renaissance mm. and how there was a lot of nudity back then. I mean, this is like 500 years ago. And I thought, I thought, like, isn't it weird that here we are 500 years later and people still have a hard time, like, seeing the human body, which we all have 
it's quite a strange phenomenon. It turns out actually that during the Renaissance, I was reading about it, people, not everyone was comfortable with it. It was still shocking at the time, but it was still probably more prevalent and more open and more accepted than it is today. Today, it seems totally uh, stressed, totally tense, totally... Uh, it's, as I said before, it's a real issue, and I don't know why. I mean, it's... Uh, okay, people would tell you this is to prevent the kids from... I don't know what, but let's be honest. First of all, in every house, there is... Kids are playing with video games that are sometimes extremely violent, where they kill people. It's war, war games. Many people, many kids... Play these, which is not, which is war or being violent is certainly not better than sex. Yeah, and 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 when people, so these people who let their children play with these games would think that a photo like mine with just someone. I mean, we're not talking about pornography or any act. We're not just talking about someone, a human, beautiful, average, not to uh, mm -hmm. supermodel. Yeah, uh, who is there? They think that this will harm the kid. But all the war games, all the killing, all the blood will not harm the Not kid. only that, but like the music that's playing on the radio today with the violent words and, and just these kind of graphic descriptions of gratuitous sex and the way they, and actually oftentimes probably, you know, some of the people on social media, the way they're dressed, even though they're wearing clothes, is probably a lot more destructive Absolutely. than seeing a natural nude body, which Absolutely. is just nature. I mean, it's you're not depicting it in a way that's uh, aggressive or um, fake. It is for unreal. some people. Mm -hmm. When you see the result, because we have now the result of, let's say, five, 50 years, let's say, of that kind of censorship in all the region, the Arab world. And you see the result. The result to what people say. They say it is to protect our kids, it's, uh, to something, let's say, virtuous. But no, it's exactly the opposite. People are totally frustrated. People, uh, women in the street are harassed all the time. Even those who are veiled are harassed. So honestly, it's uh, the results of these politics of um, censorship, and etc., and, 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 and veil, etc., are... I mean, we see them every day, are not working. So maybe it's time we try something else. Okay, well, your, your way of doing it is certainly an interesting way. It remains to be seen whether others will be as bold as you. You're, it's not the first time, actually, that you um, have a little bit of controversy around you. You're well known for taking, taking portraits of um, uh, military leaders like Bashar al-Assad, uh, Muammar Gaddafi, um, and I'm sure there are others that I'm no, not mentioning now <laughs> that are controversial. But you've also taken, you know, pictures of Queen Elizabeth and the former prime minister of Pakistan, um, Benazir Bhutto, Benazir Bhutto mm. which is was a huge one. This made mm. the cover of Time magazine, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I know I was, you know, reading about you and it seems that at some point you were kind of being called the photographer of... Um, was dictators. it? The photographer of dictators. Yeah. That was like a late. Why do people feel like they need to put a label on you? I mean, you were so lucky to be there and document history. Why does that make you a photographer of dictators? It's it's also one of the things in in my new show, my new exhibition, is this uh, need we have for labels. We love labels. You know, we see uh, we see uh, as as I said, uh, a woman with. A license plate from Syria, and we put labels we have about Syria. We 
we see her with uh, Russia and we put labels from Russia, etc., etc., etc. So, so yes, I I was doing my job. Uh, my job is to make photos, to do photos uh, of people you named, but also of fashion shows, of people less known, um, mothers, uh, actors, uh, Michael Jackson sometimes, etc. So my job is to do pictures, and I do pictures all the time. So. It's funny that some people only will take two or three or four names like these ones and then stick you there and label you and say, oh, so you're the photographer. Right, of, of, even though you've taken dictators. countless other pictures. Exactly. Yeah. So it's their problem. It's not mine, to be honest. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to. I was just doing my job. And yeah. um, it's, it's a pity if some people don't get it. Well, it's actually sometimes a good thing, you know, when people start talking about it. So you've taken these incredible portraits. Which one really stands out in your mind? Is there one that really marked you? To be honest, one of the most beautiful stories and portraits I've done is Stephen Hawking. You know, the... Yes. The, the phys- I never know if you have to say physicist Stephen or Hawking. physician. Yes. Uh, physicist, I think. Physicist. Yes. He's into physics. I remember... Getting into the office and being quite impressed because uh, he's there and he was like asking me, you know, you say hello and he replies, but he replies with his machine. So it takes a few seconds and then the machine says, hello, welcome in my office. Is he typing? Is that how he can? Uh, He has only one hand that can move move on a kind of mouse. Yeah. So he he forms letters and then words and then he... he, Incredible. He pushes like a return button or something like that and the machine talks. And so you have to wait sometimes a Two minutes, which is very long when you're really? having a conversation. Yeah. Wow. So then he, he told me, I said something like, um, I'm very impressed to be here in front of you, but I know nothing in physics. I'm really a very bad uh, physics person or something like that. So I can't even know what, what you did yes. uh, exactly, but I'm extremely impressed. And he laughed and then he replied something like, I'm... Uh, I'm very lousy also with pictures, so so uh, <laughs> so so we can talk or something like that. So it was funny, and and then I stayed maybe more than an hour in his office doing a lot of pictures, a portrait, but then portrait with his wife, and then photos with his uh, one of his students, etc., etc. And we spent a lot of time, and he uh, I found out by chance that he had a, a photo of Marilyn Monroe on on the wall. And I was like, what, what is she doing there? And he said, I love her. And I said, oh, it would be great if I can have you under that portrait. And he said, yeah. So he went and I did this photo that was on cover of magazines later. That was the shot. So, yeah, that was the shot. So it was, uh, th- this portrait is really very striking. That was a moment that is uh, uh, that I often talk when I teach uh, young photographers about it because it was was very important there is also to know who you're talking to yeah very often people go without doing their homework they yeah. don't know exactly what's the person what does she do why is she famous etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's uh, there's a big difference between photographing someone like this or a football player or a, mm-hmm. a movie star etc etc et you have to know the universe and what they uh, what they what they do and probably a little humility goes a long way as well Always, yes. Yeah. If you come and you're like the the boss, well, yeah. very often they they kick you yeah. out. They're the boss, you know. Yeah. The model also. I mean, was it a very known person or unknown? 
but the model must be the boss. Even if sometimes you give orders, but mm-hmm. she has, I mean, it will be her photo, her picture, so it yeah. has to be good. So you also photographed Bashar al-Assad mm-hmm. and his wife. Mm-hmm. I think the photo of his wife was kind of what made people angry because you have a portrait of her like wearing big sunglasses. It's very glamorous. It almost looks like an ad for, mm-hmm. I don't know, an 80s ad mm-hmm. for something. What year was that? Do you remember? That was, yes, 2008. Very well. So what can you tell me about that? Like, what do you remember? I remember, you know, I, I did a lot of photos of them and did some trips with them, uh, etc. You were accompanying them, like, uh, as their private, like, as a No, press? as a photographer, not yeah. uh, not uh, not their private photographer. They had their own yeah. private photographers. But let's say someone a bit closer than other photographers, yes. But uh, that was... First of all, they, I mean, he's, uh, he's almost my age. He's just a year older. And he is extremely interested in photography. Okay. When he was a kid, he yeah. used to, he's a, he's a real uh, amateur of mm-hmm. photography. He used to print his own photos when he was a kid with, wow. uh, in, a, in a small in a dark lab. Room. He had a dark room he had in, in his house, etc. Uh, so we had this common uh, interest, let's say, for yeah. photo. Then she was, let's say, also interested in the image she would uh, give to the world. And I was I was interested to see how uh, this, uh, let's say, uh, photo is very important. Usually, I believe photo is a very important media. And it was important to see in Syria between Hafez al-Assad, who was not at all into photo or into communication or visual or nothing like that. He's an old military uh, tough guy. Yeah. How would it evolve with this young couple who is, uh, at that time, they're like 35, and she's even younger, she's maybe 30. Um, How it does evolve with these people who have kids, who are very, uh, in a way, they have something very European. Uh, He likes to drive his car or to carry the kids, etc., etc. So I want to see how this appear in photo. And were they very, um, were they kind, were they pompous how would you normal what you expected quite quite quite, uh, kind let's say sometimes they have more problems with the entourage you know with people around who who are not at all into the same philosophy of photo or of uh, yeah those guys are the worst always (laughs) any anyone who's surrounding like vips is always like a big jerk right it's like really bad (laughs) The way they drive, the way they talk to people. I mean, they need to check their attitude. <laughs> exactly. But this is, I feel this is very universal. You it know? is. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. That's a good point. Um, so you've been to Syria many times. And actually, that's kind of, you You had an exhibit a few years ago, 2011, of images that you took in the streets of Syria of children, people going about their daily business. Uh, this is, this is this a different is later, one. Yes, yes, this is later. Uh, this is 2016. Yes, it's uh, this is more about the, the war. Let's yeah. say the revolution and the war. The after effects so, of the war. So these are photos in 2013 and 2014, and I want. Yes, I was very much interested in showing how people, uh, civilians, let's say, interact in in wartime because it's very common that we show how militaries do the war how they move from a place to another, how they conquer or lose a position or something like that. This is a communication that is very, very present in the media. That comes from, uh, when you look at Second World War or Vietnam, 
It's the same way. Basically, you know? like military propaganda. Exactly. You're following a company, you're following a colonel or a general. Goal-oriented uh, coverage. And you're following them. Very, very little attention is given to the family who is next door or the people uh, who need to eat, who need to teach their kids or take them to school. Or, yeah, you have a picture of those. The school, uh, there or, was a nice picture of those two little girls going to school. Exactly. It's, it's, I think it's very important. Some, uh, some friends who are more into psychology than I am told me, because I was a kid during the Lebanese war. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like um, nine when it began. And but you're Syrian, right? I'm Syrian, but we were living in, in Beirut. Okay. And so I spent the two, two and a half years or three years between Beirut and Damascus. You know, the war was on and off, so you had to leave to the mountains or come back, school open, school close, etc., etc. So some people tell me that if I look like this to these two little girls coming back from school, it's because I am the one who's going to school in wartime. That's your experience. Um, yes, that, you that, that, that you, you always do pictures of your own mm. experience. Interesting, yeah. It, <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, Makes that sense. true or not, but it's interesting, yes, to, to, to Makes to sense, because it. this is what caught your eye and resonated with you. So those two little girls are basically going to school and sharing a bag of chips. Yes, And it kind Aleppo. of shows how, despite the bombs falling all around them, their parents are sending to school no matter what, because... Exactly. At the end of the day, life goes on. Unless it's a, it's a huge lesson because yeah. we are uh, facing today. Usually, I mean, you have people who are who say today is too hot or today is raining or today I'm not sending the kids to school. This is something we hear, and this is a place where it's war. There's a siege. Uh, the city uh, there's nothing to eat or to drink, and people are sending their kids to school. That's amazing. amazing. And then there's this other picture from that exhibit that was shown in 2016 in Dubai, right? Or was in, it also? in Doha, in Qatar. Doha, in yeah. Qatar. I'm getting all my facts wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost there. It's next door. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that one with uh, little boys jumping off the big water wheel. Yes. And I was I know that was one of the ones that you said you liked. Why did you like that image? I like it a lot and and you're finally right. It's my facts that are not good. This was shown in Dubai. It's not the same uh -huh. exhibit, so Thank that you. was in Dubai. Thank yes. you. <laughs> and I love it. It's um because it seems as a normal act, uh, these kids just enjoy themselves. They're diving uh, into the water off of Yeah, this they big they play with these water, water wheels. Wheel. And I like it because it shows, I mean, at that particular instant it shows a kind of liberty of freedom incredible freedom because you feel the guy is flying um, as if he's not depending on on anything you know so I, I like this image a lot and it was for me like a vacation image I was with my kids visiting this place and I did these photos and I never thought there would be one day shown in a expo or celebrated or bought by a museum or something like Is that. Is that what because, happened to that image? Yes, exactly. It's bought by a museum. Because, Which museum? Uh, it was bought in uh, in Dubai by uh, by a foundation, Bajil. Okay. Um, and it was recently shown again in Beit Din in, in, in yes, Lebanon. Yes, that's right. It's funny how people later, I mean, okay, I try to say things, but as I told you, this was... A holiday image, not nothing like uh, wasn't part of uh, any job or exercise. Sure. But then, when situation in Syria happens, this image expresses freedom, and people want to see freedom in Syria, so they love this image, because when you when you say, I mean, let's do it as an exercise for kids or for young students. If you say, photograph freedom, it's difficult. 
It's very difficult. How would you shoot freedom? Mm-hmm. How wh- what does yeah. it look like? Is it people dancing? Is it people chanting in the street? It's it's very complicated to show a picture of freedom. It's a concept. So people saw in this one because the guy is flying uh, a kind of freedom because he he looks like a bird or he looks like a, a human who can fly. Um, so it was adopted, it, uh, adopted, or it was loved by many people. You you see them sharing it on on social media. You see them talking about it, buying it in auctions, uh, having it in their homes, etc., etc., etc. So this is something that you cannot decide. But there was another meaning also that I got from that picture, and I think you commented on this too about him jumping. Um, and how it's important to jump at the right moment. Exactly, yes. It's uh, it's the picture just before. There's yeah. the picture just before okay. is him. I mean him or another one, I guess, but on, on the water wheel waiting for that right moment. And it's true that it makes me feel that it's like all of us. We are all waiting for the right moment to jump, you know, to, to, to do something, to maybe to meet someone, maybe to have a new job or something. Sometimes you wait, wait. If you wait too long, like on the water wheel, then you miss the jump and you you have to wait for maybe for another tour. And if you jump too early, uh, you might hurt yourself. So there is a right moment. This guy was waiting for it and we're all waiting for it. When you do a picture, you can decide that it will have this life or not. This is really the people who do. And I'm always amazed or impressed by the choices or the, the, the way it happens or... Now, what is next? Uh, there are projects, there are ideas, but uh, I'd like also maybe to show this show now in Matricule or the one before uh, that was in, in Betedin to show them somewhere else, maybe in France, maybe in Germany. I mean, there are contacts with different places. I don't know yet. Yes, I would love that. That would be nice. It's a and great exhibit. I'm sure any city that would be lucky enough to have it thank you. Um, <laughs> is a lucky city. So I hope it thank works you. out. I hope so. So it was great to have you. I'm really glad you stopped by. Thank you for inviting me again. And I wish you great luck with the show. And that's it for today. Be sure to check out hakawadi.com and Apple Podcasts to check out all of our cool podcasts created just for you, all of you intelligent, enlightened people across the Middle East. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to The Men's Room so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. And feel free to comment, too. Share your thoughts with us. Later, Gators!